Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Even folks who are driven to want to do something to help their community or work with young people or students, Mm -hmm. they may find another way to do that that's not a public school. They want what all of us want in our workplace. They want to be respected as professionals. They want the ability and resources to do their job. On June 6th, Missouri State Board of Education suspended the teaching license of a Hazelwood preschool teacher. The decision didn't have anything to do with her classroom competency. It came down to her wanting to teach at a different school. And this all happening at a time when school districts across Missouri are simultaneously cracking down on teachers who break employment contracts and facing a dire teacher shortage. Why are school districts pursuing such penalties against teachers, and how are teachers reacting? Joining us today from Jefferson City to talk about that, we welcome Mark Jones, Communications Director of the Missouri National Education Association. Mark, thanks for being on St. Louis in the Air. Thank you for having me. Now, for the preschool teacher in Hazelwood, the central issue was breaking contract with the school. Give us some basics here, Mark. What is a teacher contract, and what do they contain? Sure. Really, um, when you think about it, we separated into two piles, people who've taught at a district for five years or more and newer educators. And this problem tends to happen mostly with newer educators because they're asked to sign their contract, which is a commitment to teach the next school year, so all the way into August and September, um, very early, usually January or February, so six, seven months before the technical contract would start, mm-hmm. they're having to make obligations about you know their life and their um, job decisions. And often we find when educators want to change uh, districts, it's usually for a handful of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, most basically, it's for that the current job situation just isn't a good fit. And I think we can all relate to the idea of our first jobs uh, in the in the professional world. And maybe we ended up in a situation where it wasn't the best fit. Or, you know, six months down the road, we all can experience very different family situations and have different needs and might need to move on. Mm-hmm. So usually those are the reasons people um, need to terminate their contracts after they've signed them. Now, you contrast that with someone who's been an educator for a longer period of time, five years or more, they often don't have to sign their their renewal contracts till June. And so there's a big difference and a big split there because of how Missouri law works and teaching practice works in the state. And so it's very much a a burden upon newer educators particularly. Mm -hmm. And is Missouri then on the stricter side when it comes to what you've just described? Well, there are other states, you know, um, neighboring states to Missouri have a similar law on the book, but like any law, it's really about how it's enforced. Um, it's, you know, for teaching, teaching is singled out here. It's a very unusual step that your license would be revoked mm-hmm. for breaking a contract in any other profession, right? Um, you know, if you break a contract, if you're a doctor and you decide to stop working for a hospital, the, the hospital doesn't go after your license with the State Board of Healing Arts. So it's a very unusual um, set up by profession. However, 
in the world of teaching, it's not that unusual. There are several states, um, Illinois, just across the border, obviously, and Kansas on the other side, both have similar provisions of law. But really what we see is their enforcement is very different. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, when we're talking about um, the revocation of license, we're talking about suspensions or are there cases in which the teaching license itself is just taken? It's usually a suspension of one to three years. The problem with that is even though your license is suspended in Missouri, that would actually prevent you. Most states will not allow you to teach in another state if your license is suspended in your home state, I see. regardless of the reason. Now, Illinois um, has made some has been more lax with that, looking at the reason the license was suspended, particularly if there was a malpractice, but that's very anecdotal, mm -hmm. and it's certainly not something you can count on as an educator. Yeah. And why do these contracts exist in the first place? Well, one can certainly understand the need of a school district to know how many people are returning for the next year, how many educators they have to hire, uh, to make sure that they're in, uh, they have enough staff for the students uh, in the district. And so I think it's an effort left over from a time when scheduling was much more difficult to ensure that they have enough personnel in place. Mm -hmm. As we've seen the issue around teacher recruitment and retention become worse over the past four or five years, we've also seen that the penalties for breaking these contracts have become much more severe. Right. Now, in 2016, a new Missouri law gave school districts greater power to penalize teachers who break that contract. We've been talking a little bit about that. But tell us exactly what that change was in 2016. Well, really, the, the big issue here is that they can recover liquidated what are called liquidated damages, and essentially that they can um, re require the educator who wants to break the contract to pay you know, upwards of three or $4,000 um, to break the contract. But what we're seeing now more is that even if an educator is willing to pay that fairly large sum, that's a lot of money for all of us, but particularly for a classroom teacher, that's right. a significant amount of money. Uh, what we're seeing now is that districts are even saying, well, they may reject that monetary compensation and instead say, no, until we've been able to fill that slot, um, you're still obligated to fill your contract. Or if you don't, we are going to go after your license with the state board. Mm -hmm. And has that brought about you know, intended and unanticipated effects? Well, I, I think it's a very strange um, motivator. You know, I think every no one becomes an educator because they want, you know, they expect to have a luxury car, a big corner office. They do it because they love kids. They want to work with kids. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so trying to retain educators, though, through a policy that's very draconian where you work for us or you work for nobody, uh, I, I think is not really what educators want. They want what all of us want in our workplace. They want to be respected as professionals. They want the ability and resources to do their job. Mm -hmm. This really doesn't treat them, I think, like a part of the team and respected professionals. And we're hearing that from a lot of educators that it creates a lot of stress around the time to sign a contract because, you know, should I make this kind of larger commitment to a district or do I need to really think about my job situation and, and mobility? Mm -hmm. um, in an era where districts are trying their best to keep their to keep educators, where they're trying to recruit educators, 
We've seen that. We've seen other states try to lure Missouri educators across the border. Um, Kansas, just a few years ago, had a whole campaign where they put billboards up in uh, Jackson County, Missouri, mm-hmm. as, telling folks, hey, you want to make more money? Come to Kansas. Yeah. Be a teacher here. And so um, I think what we're seeing is this is part of, part of a cumulative effect of educators feeling less and less tr- that they're treated like professionals and respected in the profession. Mm-hmm. And that is contributing to a larger problem of teacher recruitment and retention. Yeah. Now, as far as districts go, and who actually uh, has to pay um, in bringing action against teachers who do want to break contract early, does the district have to make the case itself, or is it the state? State is it like a regulator body? Who? No, the, who does the district that? takes it to the state board of education. So mm-hmm. um, there would be usually a discussion between the educator and the dis- and the district, um, and if that had to proceed further. But the the actual act of taking a uh, teacher certification requires going to the State Board of Education mm-hmm. and for them to make that final determination. And is there expense involved with that? For the district? Yes. Um, not really. Uh, the effort would require the use of current staff, so there's no extra expense to file. It's paperwork filing, okay. essentially, and there may be a hearing that's required. Those hearings are sometimes in person, sometimes done virtually, so it's not a, a, di- a large additional expense for the district in terms of that pr- procedure and process. Um, the arguments the districts often make is the recruitment of a new educator and the effort it takes to find an educator once they once a contract has been signed. Um, that's where the expense comes in. But really, that's always been, I think, viewed by most educators. And prior to the, the really the, the teacher shortages that we started seeing in the past five, six years, it was viewed more as a, just a, dis, a disincentive and understanding that there had to be some sort of um, mechanism to not have people sign contracts then willy-nilly work out of them. But most educators take that contract signing seriously. So when they choose not, to, if they can't honor that contract, it's rarely because they were just offered a better job. It's often that their life circumstances have changed. Mm-hmm. Or, especially for our newer educators, we really just see that they may not feel that this is the best situation for them. They're still very committed to public education and students, but maybe they've learned elementary isn't the right place for them and they, should, they would do better with older students or right. vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so we really just often try to work with districts to recognize that those kind of circumstances, but um, unfortunately districts have become very desperate and some have become very draconian in their application of, this, of these policies. Yeah. We're talking with Mark Jones, Communications Director of the Missouri National Education Association, about the ways that school districts are punishing teachers who break their employment contracts. These consequences include license suspensions and fines of thousands of dollars. Now, there was a, um, a news story, an investigation that was published earlier this month in the Springfield News leader, um, and that was by reporter Claudette Riley, and she had examined the way school districts are using this policy um, to basically to punish teachers for breaking contract, and the numbers that she found showed that Missouri school districts sought action against 11 teachers this year, which is a record high, and that since 2017, such charges have been filed against a total of 32 teachers. Now, 
that may not seem like a whole lot, but it you know seems at least to indicate some sort of trend. Um, and Riley also wrote that Missouri teachers who quit their jobs on short notice face increasingly severe consequences and that districts can seek financial penalties up to $10,000. Mark, from the district side, what are you hearing about increased reliance on these measures and how, um, you know, how teachers are looking at these? I mean, you had said that teachers don't sign these contracts without really taking seriously what their responsibilities are. But, you know, how is this affecting the way teachers are talking about their work and, and signing a new contract? Sure. In Missouri NEA, we are advocates for educators and students. That's our primary focus. And what we've seen from educators is a real hesitancy to um, engage in, to, to, they really want to take time before they can commit to a district, which can create a whole bunch of other stresses for a school district trying to plan um, what resources it needs for the next school year. Mm-hmm. But really, I think this is more about beyond the individual educators who may have gone before the state board, it's also about really people who are on the border about continuing to be a teacher or maybe this is only their first or second year, really starting to rethink the profession as a whole and also think about the way they communicate with other young people who are fresh out of college who may have been thinking about, oh, you know, I should maybe I should go into education instead of my current career Mm -hmm. and go and do the work to do that. And you hear these stories of, well, you know, if you break your contract, uh, you, they can take your license, they can take your livelihood, and uh, it can cost you thousands of dollars. That's not setting an attractive workplace uh, scenario for folks that are coming out of school with lots of uh, student loan debt, or who may, and even folks who are driven to want to do something to help their community or work with young people or students, mm-hmm. they may find another way to do that that's not a public school. Yeah. We're we're fundamentally in the midst of a crisis that's only going to get worse uh, because demographically there are just not enough people going to school to become educators to replace the pool of people likely to retire. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem that each district in the states can continue to struggle with. We have a different view about a way to approach this, and it mostly starts with treating educators like the professionals they are mm-hmm. and giving them the respect in their workplace and ta- instead of adding more and more layers of draconian uh, bureaucracy and penalties, actually free them up to do what they got into the profession to do, which is help kids. Mark, we've talked about this issue um, at least a couple times on this show over the last several months, and the the teacher shortage certainly is not something that is new, and it is a problem that's happening not just in Missouri but across the country. But it is really acute here. So you'd mentioned, you know, some desperation. What these districts are doing. I mean, do you see signs that there's at least some conversation about finding other ways to address? Uh, you know, the things that teachers are struggling with so that they don't find themselves, the teachers and these districts, in, in a position where, where nobody wins? <laughs> sure. Uh, I think you are seeing many districts recognize that they have to create a different environment for educators. There are districts, particularly in the St. Louis area, St. Charles area, um, that, while not perfect, are 
taking steps in the right direction. The first is simply recognizing that they're going to have to compensate people more. Mm. Um, there's just no getting around that, that for someone coming out of college today, there's a certain amount of uh, compensation they're going to need, not only just to stay economically viable, but do all the things we all want to do, start a family, uh, buy a home, et cetera. Um, additionally, what we are seeing is that the smarter districts and the more uh, forward-thinking districts are engaging with their local union, with the, um, the local elected leaders of their unions, to ha start having discussions about what can they do to recruit teachers, what are the, what are the needs of teachers. But fundamentally, those are, sp those are happening in you know, spotty locations. Um, what we, the real fundamental problem with recruiting and retaining teachers in the state is Missouri continues to be at the bottom of the nation in compensating them and the top of the nation in testing in testing students. And um, those are not attractive, attractive set of variables for educators. Um, they want to, you know, an educator wants to spend their time working with students, not conducting uh, standardized tests. And they want to be able to do the things we all want to do, which is raise a family, you know, enjoy uh, their enjoy time with their family, not economically struggle while providing an important community value. All right. Uh, Mark Jones really, is, yeah. uh, sorry, Mark Jones is no, the communications fine. director of the Missouri National Education Association. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.